Hello everyone and welcome to today's podcast. So today is all about you and what matters to you. So what we have here is our client questions. I'm delighted to be joined by an expert panel who are going to help me answer those questions for you. So what I want to do first is basically just dive straight into the questions. So Paul, I'm probably going to start with you. And Paul, just how are you thinking around inflation right now? So looking back historically, what we've seen, where we are now, yeah. but then maybe just thinking a little bit around the path of inflation in the future. And obviously something we've discussed a lot as a team. Inflation is very important when we think about markets and, and investing. I suppose most relevant to the audience is UK inflation. To provide context of where we've come from, last year we saw a spiking in inflation, got to 11%. And we've made great progress. Today we're at 6.7%. So inflation has come down and there's a number of reasons for that. Firstly, base effects, high month-on-month prints last year are starting to roll out of the calculation. But also demand is slowing. So Bank of England has been putting up interest rates for the last 18 months, two years. So we've gone from interest rates of 0% to now of 5.25%. And now what that means is that mortgage rates go up car loans financing goes up so to take out debt it squeezes uh, disposable income and that means that demand for buying goods and services reduces and therefore companies are less likely to continue to put up prices and therefore naturally inflation falls so that's continuing to work through its system as people who have fixed mortgages they start to roll off as they progress through time they have to Uh, take on higher mortgage rates. So we are making progress. And when we look at the underlying components, Mm. like so food prices, which has been very sticky and very high, I'm sure when we go out to supermarkets, we feel that that's starting to moderate demand for services, so to travel, leisure, that's also reducing. So that's all help contributing to inflation to fall, but we're not done in terms of where the Bank of England wants to get to. They want to get inflation to 2%. So we're still some way off there. They're projecting inflation to get to 2% in 2025. Um, Interest rates have gone up to 5.25%. There's debate within the market whether they're done on interest rates or there's more to go. They indicated last time that they're almost done. Um, So that should continue to feed through. But where we're a little bit concerned is still on the wage growth front. So wages are at around 8%. So that should perhaps mean that inflation might be a little bit more stickier. And then also when we look at energy prices, in particular oil, oil now is $90 a barrel. If we think back just three or four months ago, it's down at 70. So that is a risk to the upside for inflation. Excellent. Thanks, Paul. So maybe just in summary, you know, we've seen inflation come down significantly. You know, there's quite a lot of positive trends there, but there are still a few risks that are out there overall. Absolutely. Excellent. Sophie, I'm going to come to you next, if that's okay. So um, we've got a question from a client, and the client asks, I've left my job. What happens to my pension now? So they can can they passport that pension to their new job? How, how can we help with that as well? Yeah, that's a really important question um, because you find throughout sort of your life you do tend to have definitely more than one job and some people end up with several by the time they're you know still in their 30s and 40s and you're finding the feet and things like that Um, and it's important not to lose those pensions so you'll have been enrolled in an auto enrollment scheme most likely with your employer they'll have been paying in you'll have been paying in and then 
once you leave that job, that pension, you know, that stops, but the pension's still there. You can leave it where, where it is if you wish, but it's a really good idea to sort of consolidate it. So if you do have investments in things like that, like pensions with ourselves, you can bring that pension over, you can add it to your current pot um, and it stops you from losing you know, what you might forget there in 30 years time when you come to retire a small pension. But it's really easy to sort of bring them across and consolidate and also makes it a bit better for for goal setting, really. So that pension, it's yours. It's yours to do what you want with. You know, you can't withdraw from it till you do hit sort of 55, but it is yours to move about as and where you need to. And I know this quite well myself because I actually did it myself. So I moved my previous pension, obviously, to True Potential Mm -hmm. um, and it was seamless. It was very, very easy to do. And I think the big thing for me is if you've got everything in one place, it's just so much easier Mm -hmm. to track, so Mm -hmm. much easier to understand where you are compared to your overall goals. Um, Hannah, next is you. And again, we're going to stick with pensions still. So when can I begin to take an income from my pension? Yeah. Uh, So your personal pension, the minimum pension age set by the government is currently 55. Uh, That will be rising to 57 on the 6th of April 2028. Um, But at the moment, as soon as you reach 55, you're then able to access the money within your pension. Um, 25% of the pot is available as tax-free cash, then the remaining 75% is taxable at your marginal rate when you should access it. So just because you reach 55 doesn't necessarily mean that you're in a position to then be looking to access the pension as it is designed for a retirement income um so yeah if you're unsure at all it's best to to speak with your advisor and just on that 25 percent tax-free cash do you get quite a lot of clients coming wanting to access all of that cash and what would be your advice there obviously if they need it and they need it for something specific that's understandable but if someone's thinking you know great i can get my hands on 25 percent of tax-free cash whatever that amount is Isn't that a fantastic thing to do? Is it a fantastic thing to do? Yeah, I mean, like what you said, we only ever advise you to take what you need out of the pension pot because there's so many great benefits to keeping the pension where it is, especially utilising that to last and for the inheritance tax side of things. Um, So, yeah, it's a a common misconception that you do need to take the full 25% in one go, like what some other pension schemes might uh, might do, but not with ourselves. You know, you can keep that 25% cash in there and the longer that it's in there, the better growth potential it's going to have. So it can really work well to top up your regular income in a tax efficient way. And like I say, the longer that it's in there, the more you can get out of it at the end as well. And you're just saying about tax efficiency there. Mm-hmm. So if you leave your pension to your beneficiary, then that sits outside of the estate? Yes, yeah. So held in trust, so falls outside of the estate. So if you want to be leaving money anywhere for your beneficiaries, the pension's a great place to do that. Excellent. And that really nicely segues into another question, (laughs) which is a slightly morbid question. So I'm sorry for asking this, but what happens to my investments when I die? Well, it might be a bit of a morbid question, but it's a very good one, really. Yeah, it's really important. And it's sort of nice to have that peace of mind of you knowing where everything's going to go and your loved ones are going to be sort of looked after. And when that time comes, we make it really simple again, specifically when you're talking about your pension, so as Hannah says, that falls outside of your estate. So what you would do is we you can complete, you know, you can add your beneficiaries on your true potential client site or app. It's really, really easy. So you can just log in there, type in who you want to leave that that policy to, you know, percentage splits. If it's, you know, you want to leave majority, say, a wife or husband and, you know, your children or charities, you can pop it all in there. You can add notes. And then when that time does come, 
it gives sort of everybody here in the trustees they can take a look at that straight away they know where everything's going for you um, so that's really handy so sort of for you for your other investments your ICEs and your GIAs with those being in your within your estate that's something that you need to sort of consider and you know with you in your wills and things like that and it's definitely worth speaking to an advisor like Hannah about as to what you use and when because as Hannah was saying before your pension can be one that you can leave till last but yeah if you ever if you ever unsure and um, we can always help on the relationship management team if you're getting those beneficiaries set up and then if you want to talk in a bit further detail you know the advisors and Hannah can have a chat with you about that too. Fantastic. And if, say, you know, you're a parent and you're inputting the beneficiary details and let's say that you're children, mm-hmm. it is confidential in the sense your children won't be able to see what you have in, in respect to the investments, that kind of that kind of thing? Yeah, absolutely. So you can choose that we're able to contact your beneficiaries. Um, this is if they're over the age of you know 18, we'd never yeah. be contacting young beneficiaries. But even if you choose that, yes, you can contact them, that's just so we can, you know, they know who we are and it's easy when that time does come for us to communicate with them. But even if you choose that, it doesn't say what they're entitled to. It just says yeah. you've been named as a beneficiary on this policy, but it gives you no details. Um, so, yeah, they wouldn't they wouldn't know if, unless you chose to tell them yourself. Excellent. That's perfect. So my final question, Paul, is is for you which is just really focusing on sort of the rest of the year into next year and obviously a a huge amount to digest so far this year Mm. in respect to market events, but just really how are you appraising asset markets as as we move through this year into next? We have um, an optimistic view going forward over the next six, 12 months. Uh, If we think about just assessing the global economy, the US economy, the largest, most important economy is displaying really resilience in terms of its economic growth. When we look at the labour markets, they continue to be very tight or unemployment very low, which means people are in in jobs, they're earning, they can continue to spend, companies can continue to grow their their businesses uh, and make profits. When we look at the data, inflation made great progress there. So inflation in the US is down at 3.7%. Again, think about the target, it's 2%. So getting close towards that. And the indication within the markets and from the Federal Reserve last week is that interest rates are close towards their peak levels. There may be one 0.25% increase, but the market's expecting that. And then when we look at some of the other key pillars for the US economy, the government stimulus that's coming through is huge. So you're seeing that come through in construction in terms of their uh, push towards electric vehicles and also in terms of producing um, chips as well for technology and AI development. So there's real positives within the US economy. And we think about the US market, the US equity market, we've seen some weakness over the last couple of months and really that allows it to be is cheaper in terms of valuations and a better entry point. And we're actually coming into earnings season in the next couple of quarters and given that economic growth has been so strong we're expecting earnings to start to be uh, better than expected and that can be a real catalyst for better returns from the US market and that's somewhere we're we're favoured. When we look outside of uh, the US and we think about growth within other large economies such as China we're a little bit more cautious there so we look at the data We've seen a little bit of weakness on the manufacturing side. We're seeing jobs, job losses coming through and sentiment in general pretty poor 
they're having a big problem within their uh, property market. So property developers, you may see in, in the news, have been really struggling in order to pay their, their debt repayments. So sentiment is really depressed there. And that's reflective when we look at valuations. So it wouldn't actually surprise us, you know, a bit of positive news there because sentiment is so low that you actually get some positive returns over the next six, 12 months. I suppose outside of equities, there's other opportunities. We are multi-asset investors and there's real opportunities appearing now within fixed income, particularly within sovereign bonds. If we think about where we've come from three years ago, the yield on sovereign bonds is around one, two percent. Today, getting five percent, you can even get six percent, depending on where you look. So your starting yield is so much more attractive now. And that really gives us opportunities as portfolio managers and thinking about growing clients' returns for all the portfolios um, into the future. And the opportunities are, are really there. But we're seeing opportunities not only within fixed income, there's opportunities within equities, but also alternatives. And that's why we emphasize uh, being invested globally, but across different asset classes to help smooth the journey for clients. Excellent. Thank you, Paul. I think for me there, the, the key word was opportunity. You know, it's very clear that you're seeing lots of opportunities now. And you can argue that actually within multi-asset, there's, there's always opportunities that we at True Potential will find for clients. So that is everything from today's podcast. That was my first ever hosting of a podcast. So thank you very much for watching. Thank you to Hannah, to Sophie and to Paul. Please do like this video if you liked it and also subscribe to our YouTube channel. Thank you very much.